Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8. Scott Litzkin and I recap a light Week 2 and anticipate an exciting Week 3. We talk early surprises, look forward to the big INCC stats update, lament weekday meets, and dissect recently released national rankings. All right, let's hit it. Scott Lidskin, Colin Altavo, we are here, and I am with the man with the number two podcast in Indiana runner history behind Taylor Marshall, but the number three in three-pointers made his senior year in the state of Illinois. That's accurate, right, Scott? It is, but more importantly, we're going after Taylor today. Yeah, well, hey, I've never seen Taylor Marshall hit a three-pointer in my life, (laughs) but I've also never seen you, but you told me, number three, because you guys ran the seven seconds or less offense. That's right. Yeah. Loyola Marymount. Well, we don't have seven seconds or less, but we're going to fly through some of these meets. It was uh, it was a relatively light weekend in Indiana. We're going to call this week two. Rudy Scarupa invite Lake Central Crown Point boys 60 to 66 over Laporte. Morgan Township, not too far back with 73 points. And then kind of one of our surprise teams, not ranked in the top 50, but man, they may make the state meet and that's Lake Central. Those uh, top three are projected out of the week New Prairie semi-state this year, and we think Lake Central's got a chance, right? Yeah, you know, last time we we had, I was on your podcast. Um, Our said, podcast, Scott. You own Indiana Runner, too. All right, all right. Uh, I'm just trying to pump you up. The uh, we I mentioned, or you, one of us mentioned that, like, it just seems like lately, last five, seven, ten years in the region, like, all the teams wind up just, becoming very similar it's very close and i think lake central is just joining in that mix you know with crown point and laporte was right there valpo is typically in that mix chesterton from time to time i think you're seeing that again on the boys side yeah i think it's going to be really close on on both ends on the girls side there's probably a couple potential podium teams but uh yeah that one two on the girls side are probably pretty far ahead and then three through However deep it, it ends up going, are going to be pretty close. And on the boys, I like side, Lake I think, Central. I, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm, that's kind of a team that I, I I can appreciate, right? I mean, if they don't really have a front runner, they're just an awesome, awesome pack running girls team. And you know, a lot of times that takes really good coaching because you're not getting that great, you know, low stick at every meet. And so you you've got to be, you know, preaching, 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 pack running, sticking together, and and sometimes. Teams don't don't love doing that. They, you know, kids want to step out and, and be a star. But I, I I I like what they're doing too. And on the girls' side, Lake Central dominates with twenty nine. The Valpo. Well, that's what I was talking about. The girls. Sorry. Looks like Valpo's JV probably second and with seventy points, and the Port girls were third with seventy eight. At uh, down in Evansville, the real Southern Indiana. Yeah. Dennis Bay's Warrior invite Austin boys. They've been a state meet. Uh, qualifying contender recently they won with 78 points over a host of Evansville schools on the girls side rights with 69 points they won by 10 over South Knox just a small point of interest for Indiana Runner the Indiana Runner podcast what we've talked about in the past went over this with Josh Horowitz South Knox girls well over Bar Reeve those are kind of key rivals between those two schools 
uh, one of my favorite meets in high school, the Baron Classic, the DeKalb Angola boys, maybe looking like a state meet team, Scott. Uh, they won, story was sub-16, a brutal morning all throughout the state. Yeah, we talked about it before we came on the podcast here. Times were, uh, um, were sluggish across the board. I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter. We're, we're competing, so times are times, and it's hot. But, uh, yeah, Angola um, is, uh, is going to be a, a very, very solid boys team. I'm, I was just emailing with uh, Coach Peterson this week. They'll be at, uh, at Flash Rock this year, so that'll be, that'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see how they do. On the girls' side, Huntington North, 46 points. They were well ahead of the Angola girls, and despite the conditions and it being a girls' second year, so, meaning the girls ran at 9, 9.30, maybe even 10 o'clock. I didn't see the schedule. Uh, Addie Wiley dominates. She ran under 19 minutes, and, and she won by, I believe, close, close to a minute. Oak Hill invite. Columbia City boys, probably a fringe state meet team, maybe a little bit back of the conversation as we know right now. They scored 33 points to win over the Oak Hill boys, who had 46. Austin Hill from Columbia City ran under 16 minutes. Columbia City girls with an easy win, but interested to get your thoughts on this, Scott. Nikki Sutherland from Delta, 1748 on a very warm and more importantly for distance running, very humid morning. And she yeah. won by more than two and a half minutes. What do you make of that? I make of that that she's uh, outstanding. Uh, she's definitely, you know, in this conversation we've been having for the last few weeks about the elite girls in Indiana. And, um, uh, you know, I've, I've watched her compete a, a couple of times. I mean, she's just tough. I mean, she's a bulldog. She goes out after it and, uh, uh I, I, she's going to be, it's going to be, don't sleep on her. I guess is what I would say. Yeah. Do you think we've got a big two for the girls individuals already? I mean, the Lily Cridge ran 17, 27, again, pretty warm, really tough conditions last week. Into the, into the 70s by the time the race started and, and 90% humidity. And then Nikki Sutherland, I don't know much about this Oak Hill course. Mm. I kind of assumed it happened at Marion, but as I looked at it, it said Oak Hill High School in Converse, Indiana. So it, it wasn't that Marion course at Indiana Wesleyan University. But I don't know much about it, but she won by two and a half minutes. So do you think that the two have already separated themselves from the field? You know, we, we walk a fine line as Indiana runner doing these podcasts because we obviously want to keep interest in, in Indiana high school cross country way up. So I, I might get fired from what I'm about to say, but. Um, I won't do it. Maybe Derek will. All right. Well, um, you know, no, is my answer to your question. We do not have a big two. It's two. It's it, today is August 28th. Is that right? Is that today's date? It is 29th? August 28th confirmed. I mean. But if you're listening to this, it's the future. Yeah, that's right. I don't, I, I don't, I mean, it's awesome that she's running that fast right now. It's awesome that Lily Cridge ran that fast, that fast last weekend. Uh, the state meet is what, October 30th. There's so much that's going to happen between now and then ups and downs, injuries, illnesses. I, it's, it's way too early in my opinion. This is my opinion. It's way too early to start, uh, uh, narrowing a, to a top two and, and, uh, uh that, that's, that's, that would be uh, unfair to the, the Kennedys and, and Wileys of the world and, and others that, that feel like they, they have a shot in there and will prove that, I think, in the upcoming weeks. 
And we'll know more, slightly more, if not moderately more, in the next 24 to 48 hours as INCC stats updates. It's still early, and I, I think we've talked about that the, the updates early on the first week, the 1A, 1B, and then week two, uh, they, they certainly favor the, the top runners and the top teams, people that do a lot of preparation over the summer. But I'll be interested to see. It hasn't updated yet. Trust me, I've tried. I hit refresh a hundred times already. Uh, we'll we'll see what that update looks like, and then we'll probably do uh, another Indiana Runner pod emergency podcast once once it updates with what we know. Lots of racing left to go, though. I just, it, in fact, I almost appreciate the the kids who who haven't really even raced yet. Uh, you know, these elite kids because. Uh, they're going to need that gas in the tank in you know, late October and they don't need to get, you know, they don't need to push down that gas pedal in August. Especially the ones that are going to go into, you know, mid November, late November, right. early yeah. to mid December yep. through the, the national meets and the national qualifiers up in Northern Indiana and Upland. It was the Taylor invite on Taylor university's course, Concordia boys, 36 to 41 over Northview. And a similar result on the girls' side, it was the Concordia girls 41 to 46 over Northview. Two kind of top 10 type teams, maybe even on the boys' side, kind of stretch or fringe podium teams. What do you make of those results? Uh, what I make of those results is Coach Stefan is a, a running guru, running genius. He's a great coach at Concordia. And, uh, you know, we know, you and I both know Northview girls team especially is tough and the Northview boys are good too and Cordy just keeps rolling Panther run it's at uh, Northwood no boys results yet but Leo girls dominate again we talked about this in an earlier podcast this this looks like a team that can make the state meet yeah they're fun to watch right now they, they keep winning <laughs> at uh, Shelbyville the Dave Bannon invite that's hosted by Franklin Central High School Bloomington North boys without their number one runner. That's Kyle Clark. He uh, was all state last year. I think he was 20th at the state meet. The Cougars scored 37 points. Zionsville looking like maybe they've got their best team in school history or right there. They were second with 56. Franklin Central, maybe a potential state meet team uh, at their own invite. They were third with 71. Kai Connor from Westfield. He was ranked in the top 25 individually preseason on Indiana runner. He ran under 16 minutes in really tough conditions. Braden Hinkle, I believe he was uh, all state or not all state, but uh, honorable mention in our preseason all state. If he wasn't honorable mention, he wasn't too far behind. Uh, he was about 10 seconds behind Connor uh, shorthanded Zionsville girls team missing at least one runner. They scored 56 points. Bloomington North girls going to be a state meet team. Uh, surely they were second with 62 Brownsburg girls are kind of in the mix. They had 69 Franklin central girls. I uh, don't know if they were shorthanded or not. Didn't really they were. dissect all the, all the runners. Uh, Their top girl didn't run. We think they're probably a state meet team and uh, maybe even a podium team. They were fourth with 85 points. Any takeaways from that one? Um, well, you know, I, I, I'd like your takeaway to see what you think about this. Cause like, I know that that course is flat and I know it was, it was uh, hot today, but I just don't think it's as fast as everybody thinks it is. It's somehow just, it's a grind out there, even though there's, I don't know, there's, there's no real barrier to, you know, hills or things like that. But, 
again, I thought Kai Connors sub 16 was really strong today out there. Um, considering I think it's, it, the course isn't quite as fast as we think. If you look at the rest of the field, it wasn't really super, super fast. So I thought that was a really great run. Yeah, we'll see as we get the INCC stats adjustments. I wasn't able to go through and kind of do some uh, adjustments looking at the uh, meets so far this week, but there's nowhere to hide out there. So yeah. if, it's a, if it's a sunny day and it's humid, it's, it can be really, really tough. And I think you're right that it got a reputation as a fast course the first year. I mean, let's, let's be upfront about it. Like it was short. It was, yep. it was well short. And that's when Curtis Eckstein ran some sort of crazy time. Gabe Fendel was also under 15 minutes and it got this reputation as a super fast course, but it, any course can be fast if it's 4,900 meters rather than 5,000 since they adjusted it to make it a full 5,000. It's never really run super fast at the semi-state. I think it's a little long now, actually. It could be. It could be an over-adjustment. I mean, only and, I think it was like 15, 16 guys broke 17. Um, you know, and there's that's some pretty – those are some of our – number of our top 20 teams right there. Yeah, there's some pretty good teams at that one. So, Connor's sub-16 race this early on, and especially given the conditions, I mean, it was probably 75 degrees and – 80 to 85 percent humidity when they're shooting the gun off across the state at 8 30 9 o'clock this morning even though a lot of these invites move their times up or combine their races so as not to draw them out too late yeah. uh one of the meets that did that was the franklin invite bloomington south boys dominated 41 points dylan zeck of Terre Haute north i think he was an honorable mention in the indiana runner preseason all state uh he won in 16 13 Ryan Ream of Bloomington South, another honorable mention, all state on our preseason uh, rankings. He was just three seconds behind. Ream won his race and finished second overall in the combined results last week at the Zionsville 4K. Bloomington South girls in command, 46 points. Franklin girls host team, 69 points. They were second. They were a state meet team last year. I feel like Seymour potentially in the mix in the Southern semi-state to make the uh, – state finals but we're also kind of projecting that perhaps uh one of their soccer players may run and she still may but but uh being a dual sport athlete she's going to be subject to the 75 percent rule that uh kids on uh just running just running or just doing one sport are not necessarily subjected to so yeah. we'll see how that goes um for seymour Lauren Clem of Franklin with the big win. She ran 1926. Pretty impressive time this early, given again how that course is. That course is laid out a lot like Shelbyville, from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a really great runner. Uh, you mentioned Seymour. I mean, the one thing that this that Southern semi-state for girls is there's a lot of you know really strong teams, uh, you know, in those top two, three, four slots. But um, you know, it kind of thins out in terms of depth. So Seymour probably will be right there with a chance to qualify. Um, you know, they're going to be somewhere between probably fifth and 10th at semi-state. This is our meet of the week. Josh and I talked about it at our kind of midweek preview. Uh, Penn boys in a close three-team battle, a three-man weave. Penn scores 60, Valparaiso scores 71, and Homestead 74. Those are Penn's a likely state meet team. Valparaiso should get there as well. Uh, Homestead right at the kind of back end to make it out of the New Haven semi-state. Another solid win by Mariano Retzlov from Penn. He was 
fifth last year at the state finals and Kingsman finished one, two on the girls side. Homestead dominated 35 points. Penn girls, a likely state meet team as usual, 61 points. And in our big anticipated matchup individually from the week, Lillian Zalesco of New Prairie, 1903, a great time given conditions and Addison Knobloch who had, uh, had a kind of a surprising win over Addison Wiley, big battle of the Addisons at one of the meets yeah. last week. She ran 1915. So Zalesco with a 12 second win. Uh, what do you make of that meet up at Penn? Um, well, it was for the, the, I'll talk about the girls. Um, the, we talked about before we came on Homestead's a really interesting girls team. Uh, I don't know if I should save this for later or not, but, uh, they, they beat Penn, right? Penn's real good team. Always beat Penn good. at Penn. And, um, you know, they have, I think we talked about it. They have a very strong front runner, the Homestead girls. And then yeah, they're she'll two score, through. She'll score single digit points at the state meet. Yeah. So, and then they're two through four runners had a six second spread. I mean, that, and all were under 2050, um, as we've talked about on this hot, hot morning. Six seconds, two through four. And then they were a minute 15 from four to five. And they still handled, you know, Penn by, you know, nearly 30 points. If that gap from four to five shrinks down, I mean, even, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 10, 15. I mean, this is their interesting girls team, I think. Yeah, it'll be, like you said, interesting to see how that, how that shakes out. And, and we don't know. Um, we didn't necessarily comb yeah. through all the results that yeah, maybe they call. were missing somebody. And if they've got, if they've got someone waiting in the wings that was unavailable, this was an SAT weekend. Yes. So that was taking a test or didn't feel good or had a sore Achilles or whatever. Halpestead could be a team right in that mix to finish kind of in the top 10 at the, at the state. Meet. Yeah. Let's get into our teams of the week. On the boys' side, I just I think this is a solid team. I think this is one that could just kind of hang around. They're in the waiting room. That's our new phrase for this year. Looks like, <laughs> man, there's five really, really good boys' teams. But who knows what that looks like, how things shake out in late October. If anybody slips up, they, they better be wary of this team. And that's Fort Wayne Concordia. So well coached, starting to build tradition well-trained they'll time things correctly yeah i mean a front runner a boy that finished six last year at the state meet. yeah yeah they, they've got all the tools to be a, 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 a not just a waiting room team but an excited waiting room team like a team that's that can really pick you off if you're not careful and then our on the girls side just right across the city the city i grew up in shout out fort wayne and that's homestead the team we were just talking about our girls team of the week. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, Coach Wiss there, I, I think she's still coaching at Homestead. She's, I mean, I, she's been to the state meet, I, I, you know, literally like 20 times, I think, as a coach. She's awesome. And this team looks like, you know, they, they could be headed to another state meet, like you said, maybe a top 10 team. Well, I think I put last year, they'd graduated a lot of their top runners. And I put like, wow, this is probably a rebuilding year, but they're getting in a lot of good runners and the rebuild could be pretty short. And uh, about the rebuild being short, I was, I was corrected. It was yeah. it about was, a month. Yeah. A couple weeks. Yeah. So congratulations, uh, Fort Wayne Concordia boys, Fort Wayne Homestead girls, our teams of the week. All right, let's take a break.
And we're back. This is a big week coming up, Scott. This is oftentimes the first real look at a lot of teams. Just off the top of my head, Hamilton County, the Marion Invite, State Preview and Terre Haute, the Columbus North, Rick Weinheimer Classic. What? Uh, let's go with the first meet in that list. What are you interested in seeing going into that Hamilton County meet on Tuesday? Well, I'll start by saying, you know, you're, you kind of uh... – jokingly called the uh, meet at Terre Haute a couple weeks ago the early early bird meet or something like like you know the double early early, early meet yeah I mean so I agree with what you just said like in reality this is kind of the true week one no offense to any of the meets that these teams that host do an awesome job and none take competitive it. but they're you know with all the heat and like you said teams may not have had enough practices and blah 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 you know, now it's kind of like everybody's there. Everybody's got practices under their belts. This is like the first real week of the season. So um, Hamilton County meet is uh, for those that have never uh, been to the Hamilton County meet. It is uh, as intense a meet in around September one, as you will ever see. <laughs> it's uh, teams really attacking, going after it on a good course, well-coached teams. Um, I, I, I don't know that the results are going to necessarily um, tell us like who's going to win the state championship, you know, come October, but it's certainly a, a really fun look at where everybody's at right now. You got any, uh, this has been a big topic in the last couple of weeks. You got any thoughts on potential boys podium teams? You mean which teams or what order? <laughs> Whatever, wherever you want to go with it. Well, you know, as I, I and I'm going to be a broken record. I, I don't, I think it's just, it's just silly early to, to, to talk about that right now. Um, certainly there are, you know, with, with Carmel and HSC and Columbus North and Rebuff and Center Grove, you know, those are kind of the five teams that everybody's talking about. But I mean, it's just, there's no way to tell tell what order right now. There's guys banged up. It looks like Brabuff hasn't even really run their full team yet. Uh, I get the sense that Columbus North is ready to put on some fireworks this coming weekend at their meet. Um, I, you know, you got you just talked about teams in the in the quote unquote waiting room like Concordia. I don't. I way too way too early. I think we should just you know kind of have fun watching these teams compete and and uh, right now and and I think in a month then things will be, we can really talk about it. I know, I know it's a bad answer, but. You mentioned, you know, some guys, maybe guys or girls, maybe banged up, not running the races, not having enough practices. This week it was SAT. Yeah. Two weeks yeah. from now it's ACT. And yep. like I've told a lot of our, I coach the boys at Carmel. Like I've told a lot of our boys who are apologetic. I've got to miss practice. I've got to miss this meet. Like, well, you got to go to college. So you've got to take those standardized tests. But do you, do you think this is fair to say if there's a if there's a kid we don't see, a boy or a girl, a, a key runner for a team that we haven't seen yet, after we get through this next Saturday, September fourth, it's probably for a reason, right? Yeah, injury radar, right? You know, beep beep beep. You know, it's like there's something something going on. Yeah. Uh, any so we we are waiting. We are we are we've got blisters on our thumbs. Some of us trying to uh, refresh INCC stats. <laughs> Haven't seen anything yet. Uh, you got any any big predictions you're thinking for the the update, which is 
coming today, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, maybe? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the blisters are, are forming on your fingers a little bit more than mine. I'm more, you know, I like, I'm the old school, you know, you're, you're like the young guy. I'm, I'm the old curmudgeonly coach. I like the I'm getting less test. young every day though. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I like the eyeball test on teams. Um, I, I NCC stats is great, but I, I think sometimes I would look at it. Coach Weinheimer said something on your podcast. I love our podcast. Um, the oh yeah our podcast the something about like he was almost scared to to look at the those types of rankings and things like that because um you know it'd make him think maybe our team isn't good enough I think that there's a real good point there um I think uh, I, I'm I'm interested in what something you mentioned earlier where individually I thought Kai Connors awesome run it and again I'm I I teach at Westfield coach there for years so I, I guess I have a little uh, home hometown. A slant there but uh but i'm interested in where kai is going to look on there team wise interested in center grove boys um you know they i don't think they've raced their full squad since that early 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 bird race and um and they look really good there so it'd be interesting to see what uh incc stats does with them and also i, I don't know if we've hit the, the girls yet but is there you know is is columbus north do we know anything really? Uh, they, I think they, they haven't really run a 5K yet on the girls' side that I've seen, and where will they be compared to Carmel? Um, so some of those things. Right, that's, that's the interesting question. But if we haven't seen athletes yet, for instance, we think that uh, Columbus North is a more serious contender than they project yeah. because of their move-in, uh, because maybe potentially of some freshmen. But Carmel's got – Carmel girls have freshmen as well. Uh, yeah. and, and We've seen, I guess, over 4K, we've seen some of them, but we haven't seen anybody over 5K. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, you know, some of the heavy hitters from some of these schools, a couple guys from Burbuff, a couple guys from Carmel um, on the boys' side and, and maybe some runners on the girls' side, if they haven't run yet and there's yeah. this first big update, like, are those totally taken out or do we put them in based on how they project in the preseason? These are all questions will probably get answered in the next 48 hours. And, and by the time you listen to this podcast, because it's the future that uh, you may be able to get on INCC stats and check. I, I'm not embarrassed to admit, not only am I refreshing it a lot, I'm actually getting on my computer and going to like the week one results from 2020 and then just deleting the zero in 2020 and pushing in 2021 and seeing if maybe there's not a direct link, but maybe I can find it that way. And the answer is no. So we'll, we need to uh, find you. A, we need to find you a hobby. We need, we, we need a hobby. You know, I, I thought, well, when I was young, 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 it's like, well, maybe, you know, as I get married, maybe I'll be a little less into it. And the answer to that was no. And then uh, maybe I'll be uh, not quite so obsessive as I have a kid. And the answer so far is, uh, is, is no. So it's, it's 8.15 at night on uh, Saturday. He's asleep. I, don't, I don't, find, uh, don't find any problem with refreshing INCC stats until I form blisters on at least one of my thumbs. Try uh, pickleball. Go with pickleball. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe my guy Taylor Marshall and I can get real big into, into pickleball. Maybe that'll be yeah. our thing after, after meets. Uh, a couple things I think. One, uh, this is my, these are my predictions. This is my one big prediction. I think Noblesville girls are easily moving up into the third spot in the state once we get the, this update. You agree? All right. I'm, I will uh, I will anxiously look for that and see if you're correct. I will vouch. 
if I'm right, I'll text you right away. And if I'm wrong, yeah. I won't say anything. No, uh, I, I also wonder, and we talked about this, will runners who have yet to compete, are they still going to be included? If not, I, I think that could paint a pretty inaccurate picture. So I'd imagine that, you know, top boys, especially top boys or top girls on, on top teams who haven't competed, you know, Columbus North is a perfect example. We haven't seen them yet. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense to totally pull them out. I don't, I, I mean, unless he's changed it, I think last year, last two years, he, he's kept those kids in and for, for at least a good month. I think, yeah, I think there's kind of a drop dead date, but I don't think it's yeah. quite that early. It's more like Brown County or, or Flash Rock time. Uh, what do you make of the, the, the early, 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 I know, but what do we make of the lack of impactful freshmen, boys and girls on, on teams that are kind of swinging the, uh, swinging the scores for qualifying for the state meet for the podium and for title contention? That's a great question. I, I, I think, you know, obviously you typically see more impactful girls, you know, than boys um, in freshman level. But I do think that what you, th there's two types of freshmen I think you see that are impactful. They're the ones that are just superstars in middle school. You know they're going to be impactful, and they do make an impact right away. I think we've seen a few of those. Uh, Franklin Central Boys, I think, had a couple uh, guys in there today as an example. Um, but uh, the second type of freshman I think that has an impact is the freshman who maybe wasn't a superstar in middle school, and is just figuring out that, that 5K transition from 3K, it takes them a little while. And then usually there's like that one meet where it clicks, they make a big improvement, all of a sudden they just kind of take off from there. And, and so, you know, that, that's exciting because that could happen this weekend, next weekend, you know, and that, that'll change our discussions so much and change, you know, who these state meet qualifying contending teams are going to be. You mentioned the Franklin Central boys potentially having a couple difference makers in their lineup. Chittard boys are the same way. These are, they seem at this point to be fringe, fringe state meet teams. Um, we went over kind of the, the, the locks and the likely teams in the semi, the Indianapolis semi-state or the Shelbyville semi-state on the girls side. Uh, we haven't quite done it yet on the, on the boys side, but it almost seems like there's, there's more impactful freshman boys than girls this year. Yeah. Any yeah, idea so why? No, I mean, it just could be that, that that's, that's the, the thing this year, you know, I don't know. That's a, I, I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. It's kind of random. Um, maybe, that, maybe middle school, you know, cross country and track is just becoming more, more serious. Maybe there's better coaching over the last few years and they're just, they're just more ready. So one, one thing that I noticed, we have potentially not necessarily at the, the top, one or two freshman boys, although it's pretty close at Carmel. But if we're going one through five or one through seven on the on the freshman boys, this is the best group that we've ever had since I've been there. And that's we're going 10, 10, 11 years now. And that's saying a lot. But when I looked at the times last year in September, October for our eighth, seventh and eighth graders, it was really underwhelming. And I guess I just attribute that to these kids had a seventh, the, the current ninth graders had a seventh grade cross country season. And then just as track was getting ready to start, it, it got canceled and everybody's at home. Right? right. So they're going almost a full year, nine, 10 months without any kind of yep. training structure, or whatever. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like, most seventh grade kids obviously are going to do nothing. 
And so they just, they weren't very good. Their times weren't very good across the board. It wasn't just Carmel kids because their places at the Hamilton County junior high meet were, were good. Yeah. Two, four and six, two, four, six and 10 for the top boys that went to Carmel high school. Um, but, but their times weren't good. So it affected everybody across the board. And I just, yeah, I wonder if COVID now is, is having a, having a say in that. I mean, COVID's well, having a say in everything. That, that's a, that's a really, really valid point. And, you know, plus as eighth graders, even last year with all the restrictions with COVID and, you know, teams may have canceled practices more often or had fewer meets that happen. And so the development may have slowed. Or depending on what your school's doing, you know, our, yeah. our middle schools and our high school and, and Carmel Clay schools were going every other day. They may not yeah. be meeting for practice as yeah. often as, as they normally would. But by the track season, the times were pretty much on par with, with what we're used to seeing in Hamilton County. Uh, what do you think about weekday meets in cross country? <laughs> hate them. It, uh, You're I speaking directly them. to me right now, so keep going. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it's it's just not in the in a you know high school student athlete's best interest when you consider. Uh, I mean. Even if you're even if you're competing in a meet that's close to your school on a weeknight, you're probably not getting home until eight between eight and nine thirty if you're lucky, and that's not conducive to studying and, and getting a good night of sleep and being ready for the next day of school. Um, it's you know I, I think the, the, the coaches kind of get lost in this as well. I mean, in prepping for teaching and and being ready to teach and impact. A, you know, young person's life the next day at school and have to prepare for practice the next day. I just don't think that's, uh, just don't think it's in the best interest of anybody to do that. Well, and as we're getting into the, the data essentially says, and, and all of the districts around this, the state are getting to this, that the research tells us eh, the later you can start a high school day, the better. So what, what you teach at Westfield, what time do you guys start school right now? 835. Okay. Yeah. We're uh, 905 at Carmel. And so then they got to run. We get out at 405. What time do you get out? 340. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're right around the same time. And then the, the buses have to run their routes. Yeah. So at what time is it reasonable to start your athletic competitions? Yeah. I, I mean, a weeknight, I mean, it, there's, it, it's almost impossible to get, to a school or you know, like five o'clock PM on a weeknight. So, you know, best case scenario, you, I mean, you know, you don't want in, injured athletes, you know, six o'clock would be the earliest start time, I would think. And, and on top of that, the, the, the sun's starting to go down. So volleyball is inside. You can start that pretty late. Soccer, yeah. you've got lights, football, you've got lights and football's on a, on a Friday night, at least at the varsity, but cross country, we don't necessarily have that have that luxury. So yeah, as, as we're getting ready for the Hamilton County meet, I'm, I'm just thinking about that's at some point that's, that's got to move to a Saturday. And so that's, I think yeah, plus you're not, I mean, racing at 6 PM after a hard day at school is not conducive to faster racing and racing twice in one week. Research shows is not conducive to faster racing and it leads to more injuries. It's just, we got to get rid of these weekday meetings. Right. So in my opinion, Hamilton County coaches, Andy, Nate, you guys are listening. Aaron, Bill, you guys are listening. You got to move it. Joe, you got to move it. We got to move it to a Saturday. Whitney, Josh, 
You got to move it. We got. This is my time for me to make that plug right now. Let's instead of having these these uh, county meets, Mary and Hamilton in the Indianapolis area, let's have a three one seven invite, and put anybody who's in the three one seven invite area code. Bam, invitational. Pick a Saturday. I'll host it. Let's go. I'll I'll direct it. I was gonna say I know a really good meet director if that's if that's the route that we want to go and find a good time, good course, and uh, good time being good time of day. Which we can score each meet. We can Saturday score morning. the whole thing out separately. We can score each county separately. We can score Hamilton County versus Marion County. We can we can do all those things. That sounds great to me. Uh, it was a really really warm week, Scott. Very warm, very humid, 90, above 90 degrees, four of the, I think, the five weekdays. Uh, what are we thinking? Really, really warm week, followed by a pretty quick cool down in time for next Saturday's invitationals. What does that mean for performance and times? Uh, it means we're, we're going we're gonna to see some breakthroughs, that's for sure. And especially if the heat, it looked to me like maybe around Wednesday or so, it looks like it's going to cool down. If that heat can somehow hold through Thursday or Friday and then it breaks right before Saturday, I think guys and girls are really going to fly next Saturday. If we get the cooler temps in earlier, you'll still see some big drops, but um, it might not be quite as dramatic, but, but uh, it'll be, it'll be the athletes have a lot to look forward to for next Saturday. All the, all the tough work they've put in, in this heat is going to start to pay off. And it's been really, really the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's about, it's about as bad as I can remember. Maybe bad isn't the right word. It's about as challenging as I can remember in a it's long been a grind. time. Yeah. And some of those meets, I mean, the, the boys, junior, senior, and especially the girls, junior, senior at, at Zionsville, it's 10 30, 11 o'clock by the time the races start. I mean, it was 80 and the, and the humidity hadn't started to dissipate all that much. National rankings came out. This is via Tully Runners. Tully Runners is like, I guess a, a, a good comparison is it's kind of like an INCC stats. So it's, it's numbers-based, not entirely. Um, it's tough across different states with different distances. Indiana yeah. is 5,000, and it better be 5,000, or you're going to hear it on the Indiana Runner message board when I get on there. But some, you know, Illinois is like, yeah, it should be about three miles, not quite as worried. Um, so a little bit tougher to compare across a, a country of 330 million people. But Scott, what do you make of this? Five of the boys teams in the top 20 in the country are in Indiana. Let me list them. Burbuff ranked number four, Columbus <clears throat> North number seven, Hamilton Southeastern number eight, Carmel number 15, and Center Grove number 20. What do you think? I think it's awesome for our state. I think it's well deserved. Is it accurate? I, you know, I, I don't know the country that well, so I'll say heck yeah. Um, but um, I, I think what it to me, it, it just shows how you know where we're, where we are at the, the quality of coaching, particularly. You look across at the, the board at those schools and who their coaches are. Um, it, those are programs that aren't just this. They're not just a flash in the pan. You know, one year you're good. This is high quality programs that I think are getting respect nationally because of that. Uh, Indiana is an outstanding state uh, team wise. We've had representation at Nike nationals. Most of the years that Nike's been hosting that meet individually, we've been at an elite level. We've had national champions. So I, I think it's just, 
really smart people looking at some data and understanding that, that Indiana is the real deal. What kind of advantage do you think Indiana gave itself by having a full track season last year versus so so the top five Midwest teams I believe are all from Indiana at least maybe there could be a random Michigan team in there which the the Michigan Association has made it pretty clear that they're not eligible to go to Portland anyways yeah. but there were no Illinois teams in there and when you look at the Illinois state meet times and performances were pretty down to earth I would say they were they were subpar for what we're used to from a, a state that's much bigger than Indiana in a metro area that's four to five times the size of Indianapolis. What kind of advantage do, do the Indiana teams have from a full track season? I think we have a big advantage in terms of rankings. Uh, but if Illinois, I mean, I'm, I'm from Illinois originally and ran high school there. Um, you know, and if shot this three pointers. Season, yeah. If this season becomes a, you know, quote unquote, normal season, there is no way that the top schools from Illinois, um, there's no way that the five best teams from Indiana will be better than the top team from Illinois this year. And that's no offense to the top Indiana teams. It's just Illinois produces that quality of, of, of competition. Offense taken as opposed to the earlier time you said, no, All right. uh, girls side. I get, Carmel, it. I get it. Carmel girls were ranked 14th Columbus North. were in the kind of honorable mention category. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, that's just the matchup that I'm so intrigued about this season and the girls side team wise is, you know, it's like we're just waiting to see how good Columbus North is. I think we, I think that Carmel ranking is probably pretty legit, and uh, Columbus North may may just be right there. I mean, that, that's we just can't wait to see that. Miscellaneous minute. Uh, we both teach close close schools. The schools are probably what I don't know six miles apart. Yeah. How's school been going, man? Good. It's uh, it, it's the my 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 oldest daughter said it. I think best. She said. Uh, seems like each day is going by pretty slowly, but the weeks are flying by fast already. So, um, so far, pretty decent start. It's uh, amazing how different teaching is today than it was when I started. What's the mask policy? We are mask mandated now. Is every, is every, we are as well. Is every school in Hamilton County as far as you know? No, I don't, I don't think like Hamilton Heights is. I don't think Garen is. Uh, I don't know about the Southeastern and Fisher schools. Yeah, they are. They're mask mandated. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the larger the school, obviously, the the more yeah. of a the more of an impetus you'd have to to do that. So, cool. Hey, this is often the first the first week, the kind of show it week. So we'll I think we'll see a lot from a lot of the teams that that we talked about between the Hamilton County meet, the Columbus North meet. We'll see what uh, potentially Isaiah Sturry can do as the the defending state champion at, at Marion any other last thoughts yeah I just really excited to see all the results and uh yeah good luck to everybody out there all right hey can't wait Scott we'll talk to you soon we'll see how we'll see how our numbers do on this one versus uh versus the Taylor Marshall We're coming after you Taylor this is the big this is the big rivalry Scott Lidskin versus Taylor Marshall <laughs> all right hey thanks Scott thank you